Friends, some of my greatest memories from growing up as a kid are of times when my mom or dad would read us stories. You know, stories fascinate us from a really young age. Uh, most parents know this, you know, you start reading stories and your kid doesn't want to go to bed. They just want another story and another story. You want the story to keep going on. Even when you've heard the story a million times, you, uh, you still want to hear it again if it's a really good story. You know, I think about um, the books, the Chronicles of Narnia, for example. Uh, I've read those books a bunch of times, and every time I kind of look at them again, uh, I get something new out of them, or a great story like The Lord of the Rings, or true stories, you know, things uh, that are portrayed in movies, uh, war stories, or, or great stories of heroism, or uh, one of my favorite movies is Apollo 13, right? Like the story of uh, this engineering feat. Um, I was an engineer before I went to seminary. I love stories. And good stories don't tire of being repeated. In fact, they get better with every telling. Every time my family gets together, uh, somehow Western Kansas uh, starts to be talked about. My grandparents were from Western Kansas. They met in a, a little town out in, in the plains there. Uh, and, you know, you tell the story. And I'm, I'm betting that if you're going to have dinner with some of your family today, later, there's going to be some sort of stories that are told, like, do you remember when, or uh, remember when Uncle Blank did blank, right? There's, that's, that's kind of the, 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 what we do as human beings. Our stories can describe past events historically, or sometimes they're imaginative descriptions of something not real. They can be told for many reasons. They can be told for uh, the, the point of passing on some moral or giving some lesson, or they can just be for fun. But friends, that natural love of stories that we have in our hearts, I think it reflects something really deep about our human nature. I think it reflects something deep about the type of being that we are. And it also reflects then something about who God is. You see, our love of stories reflects our creation in the image and likeness of God, who is a master storyteller. See, unlike our stories, that when we make up a story, um, we kind of co-create with God in a certain way, um, or we maybe talk about uh, something that's happened in the past, and we bring to mind those things. See, God, it's, God, when He tells a story, it's different. Because when God speaks, things happen. Our words can cause action, certainly, but they don't do so by necessity. In contrast, when God speaks, things invariably happen. So what's God's story? What's the story that God wishes us to know today? How does it begin? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came to be through Him. What came to be through Him was light, and this light was the life of the human race. All things came to be through Him. God's act of creation is through His Word. What's the motive for this act of creation? Why does God start telling the story? The story God speaks into reality is a love story. For God is love. Love, willing the good of the other as other, is the ratio, the theme, the motif, uh, the 
the very reason for this story from its very beginning. A good God speaks a beautiful creation into being out of love, friends. And the creation reflects the Creator in some way. Now that's true of all of God's creation from the smallest uh, part of it to the grandest expanse of space. But in a more wonderful way, it's above all true of persons. People have an intellect and a will who can choose and who can know and therefore who can love. See, God demonstrates His goodness and greatness by creating beings capable of co-creating with Him. This is why we can tell stories. Like all creation, our stories participate in His story. But as persons, we have agency in the creative process of them. He is the author of our story, but He gives us the freedom to be co-authors with Him. And that freedom is not opposed to God's omnipotence, to His all-powerfulness. We're never outside of His story, never outside of His providence, but we are free. And in this beautiful tale, God creates us free so that we can freely choose to love Him, to know Him, to serve Him, and so to come to paradise with Him. We are made for freely choosing, chosen communion with God. But friends, human freedom also brings with it the capacity also to choose wrongly. And in fact, we, uh, humanity, have chosen wrongly. We abused the freedom we had. Adam and Eve, our first parents, chose to let trust in their Creator die. They are in the story, and in fact, important characters in the story, but they choose to rebel against its author. And all through the ages since that time, men and women have struggled under the consequences of sin. Sin colors the whole story from that point onward, brothers and sisters. We know evil. We have seen evil. And perhaps most terrifyingly, we have even sometimes participated in evil. We call that evil sin. Yet we know that it should not be so. And we desire in various degrees for things to be put right. The longing for the story to come to have a resolution the longing for the story to be put right reflects our longing for Eden. And God responds to this longing. You see, the good news that we celebrate today, brothers and sisters, is that the author of creation does not abandon his story. Like a human storyteller who uses the tension within uh, the tale he is telling to bring a more glorious resolution, the divine author weaves a glorious tapestry of redemption following the fall of man from grace. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The radical claim of Christianity is that the Word who spoke creation into being became a baby who could not speak a word, who could only utter a child's cry. The Word becomes flesh, entering the story. God becomes incarnate. He takes on flesh and blood a human mind and a human will. In short, He assumes humanity to Himself. He became like us in all things but sin. 
The infant lying in the manger is God. His smile is God's smile. When he cries, God cries. When he grasps the finger of Mary or Joseph or a shepherd, it is God reaching out to grasp the hand of His creation. This is fundamental to Christianity, and if we recognize it, it will change our lives. God comes to us in a way that we can receive Him as a tiny, delightful, defenseless infant. And what is His purpose in coming into His story? He's written Himself into the story as the Redeemer, the Savior. He responds to the longing of our hearts which has been there since that first fall from grace. He wants nothing but to heal you and to raise you to life with Himself. For this is why the Word became man and the Son of God became the Son of Man so that man entering, by entering into communion with the Word might become a Son of God. You're made for communion with God, brother or sister. Through things visible, we're caught up into the love of things invisible. Through the visible sign, the silent word who sits in the cradle, the visible language of the body of the Lord provokes us to love God in return, to love the child Jesus and thus to love God. In loving the Christ child, we love the God of the universe. We love the Word through whom all things came into being. We love the One whom we have turned our backs on so many times. Brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are in your walk with Jesus. I don't know if you're far from Him or close to Him. But I urge you, I beg you, if you've been far from the Lord, do not be afraid to let Him love you today. Do not be afraid to receive the Christ child into your arms. Look upon Him. And more importantly, let Him look upon you with love. He comes for you. Let your heart be melted by His gaze. Delight as He smiles upon you. Then let your heart respond with love. He takes nothing. He gives everything. Friends, we love stories because we ourselves are part of the greatest story of all time. He came to what was His own, but His own people did not accept Him. But to those who did accept Him, He gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in His name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we saw His glory. The glory of the, as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth.